0: Hello and welcome to WRPX, your Wrestling Revolution podcast. I am your host Antonio Garza and it is a beautiful 95 degree weather today. A few clouds in the sky, a wind force of one or two miles per hour, pretty chill relative humidity of 16 percent and we are here to talk about some professional wrestling we have a couple of shows that we want to talk about um we had a pretty big show in japan the wrestle grand slam you probably heard of it from new japan pro wrestling so we watched that we we watched some american wrestling and we've started watching the tokyo joshi pro wrestling 8th Tokyo Princess Cup I am 3 shows down I am like today I am going to get to watch the 4th the show uh, of the first uh, rounds pretty much but we'll get to that eventually for now let's start with New Japan Pro Wrestling that was the biggest show of um I don't know if I could say the month, maybe. But, like, there was the biggest show they've had for a while. This was in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, this is a show that we previewed last week. And we talked about how cursed it was. Because, man, like, it had to be postponed. It had to, like... like, It, it probably changed main events, like, a couple of times. Between Osprey getting injured and then Ibushi getting sick. And... Yeah, like it, it, I, I like, you know coronavirus is, is over there is hitting them strong. So they only had they had 5000 people in the Tokyo Dome. That's not a lot of people for such a huge place. And so th- there was like a, this like cave feeling sometimes when people applauded or, or the echo sounded. But all that aside, this was a fantastic, fantastic show top to bottom, um, like people have been complaining about the new Japan Rambo and granted it's not the best thing, but it's also like the new Japan Rambo. Like you shouldn't go in expecting work rate from that match. It is what it is. And for what it was, it was okay. Like it wasn't insulting. It wasn't anything like that. It was just okay. Battle Royals tend to be like that. Um, so like no need no need to like cancel your new japan world subscription because you're because you heard uh i don't know like a couple of analysts say that it was a bad match and you should skip it but it was part of the show that was a pre-show match actually and the list of people who were there was Bushi, Dick Togo, Doki, The Great Okan, Hiroki Goto, Hiroyoshi Tensan, Kenta, Master Wato, Minoru Suzuki, Satoshi Kojima, Yo, Tiger Mask, Togi Makabe, Tomohiro Ishii, Toruyano, the former champion, Yoshihashi, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Jujinagata, Nagata, and Yujiro Takahashi, all defeated by one man, the new... King of Pro Wrestling trophy holder I guess that's the proper way to said Chase Owens um this I mean really it was a nothing match it's your opener to get a bunch of people in it's 35 minutes uh and you you don't have to watch it but if you're not watching it because it's you think it's uh, going to be bad then and fuck you man, these guys this guy's worked their asses off. <laughs> Some of them did. Uh and Chase Owens got the win. So I'm I'm happy for him. He's a guy that has been with New Japan for so long and has never really like been able to step up or anything. I think he's a okay wrestler. He's decent. Um there's rumors he's going to be in the G1 climax this year, and I, I think it's understandable since the there's a lot of people out. And he's a guy who actually like stayed in Japan right now. And I think that alone should get him a spot on the G1 Climax. Um, and I don't know, like, I'm interested to see what he does with this title. I my, like my hopes are that we get a different type of gimmicks and stipulations going into this title. And so like we give the Toriano type of stipulations a rest and maybe Chase can do some other different stuff. I I'll, all I want is to like get the impression that depending on who holds this trophy gets to set different type of stipulations. Um because if it's the same, then it makes it way more meaningless that it that it already is. Um so yeah, like I, I just kinda wanna see him do different type of stuff, different type of matches. And I think he's already, like, defending against Toriano at the MetLife shows later on uh, this year. And so he may not even keep it for that long. Uh, It's been forever, like, well, since it was created, it's been, like, the Toriano thing. And so they may want to keep it that way. But anyway, like, no point in in spending that much time in that match. The actual show starts. It is a five-match card Four championships on the line, one singles special match. And we start the, the night with the Bullet Club, El Fantasmo, and Taiji Shimori defending against the mega coaches Rocky Romero and Ryusuke ketaguchi The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Um, this was really fun. I, I personally, I think I liked their singles matches just slightly more, especially... Um, Rocky Romero versus El Fantasmo, But I still thought the match was pretty decent, pretty good. Uh, there was uh, this story later in the match where El Fantasmo injures his own foot by doing a moonsault and landing on his uh, lo- allegedly loaded boot. And so at that point, Taguchi is just trying to reveal the truth and removes the boot, and once he removes the boot, he sees that there's something inside, but before he can show it to the ref, Taiji Shimori and ELP gang up on him, low blow, CR2, and that was it for Taguchi. And so the, the secret remains, El Phantasmo uh, may or may not have a loaded boot, and they also stayed the World IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championships, Champions. Um, but yeah, good match. I, I mean... Considering that Rocky Romero and Yosuke Taguchi are not exactly like a well-established team, they're not young, they're mostly like a comedy duo, Uh, this was pretty decent. There was a lot of comedy, um, especially with Fantasmo and Taguchi, for instance, but it didn't really hurt the match or anything, they just got it out of the way early on, and then they got into the match, and, and it was pretty good. Uh, we had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Robbie Eagles defeated El, Fantas- El Desperado to win the championship in about 20 minutes. Pretty good match. This, I, I, when I was watching it, I was like, wait, like, because Rugby Eagles was doing a lot of stuff that came off a little bit heelish. And as it went on, I just started to realize this is really not a heel versus, uh, Babyface dynamic. This is just two guys doing whatever it takes to win the championship. And so what Eagles is doing may come, as, come off as heelish. For some people, I think uh, it's really just shows that he's pulling all stops to defeat Desperado. Uh, the match saw both guys work each other's legs, and which was a cool dynamic too. Uh, I mean, we always see Desperado work the, the leg working towards uh, Número Dos. But it was cool to see him also have to to like work with an injured leg. It was nice to see Robbie Eagles go for some grounded stuff. He was doing he was going for the the Ron Miller special a lot. So that was like a nice, different dynamic in him because he, he tends to be sometimes really spotty, high fly, depending on who he is wrestling. But in this ca- in this case with Desperado, he pretty much kept it on the ground, so that was a really nice change. So yeah, pretty good match too. Uh, after the match, there was like it wasn't official, even though it's official now that Robbie Eagles and Hiro Takahashi were were kind of like challenging each other for the title. I don't know how I feel about that because there's I I can't imagine there's anyone who's gonna go into the match and expect. Uh, Robbie Eagles to defend. I kind of feel like everyone both wants and expects Hiromu to win. And I do kind of feel he should. Or at least he shouldn't lose to Robbie Eagles. But then if that's the point, like, I don't know why Robbie Eagles got the title for a month. And I don't know. Like, if he's going to stay, then cool. Keep the title on him and don't have Hiromu go after the title for a while. If he's leaving, then don't give him the title at all. Just wait for Desperado and Hiromu Takahashi to do their thing again. They always have, like, they, they had, like, in my opinion, one of the best matches of the year last year in the finals of the uh, the best of the Super Junior. And so i rather watch that, to be honest, than Hiromu vs. Eagles. Next up, we had the singles match. Uh, Kazuchika Okada defeated Jeff Cobb, also under 20 minutes. Um, this was really, really fantastic. I, more than anything, I really like the story because there is a portrayal of Jeff Cobb as as a monster, uh, a monster that not even Kazuchika Okada can just run over. And like, that was the beauty of this match. Like, as we saw the, like, we know Okada is a better wrestler than Cobb like in every sense. But Cobb is way too strong so that a lot of Okada's offense doesn't just easily work on him. And so, like, for instance, the money clip wouldn't work on Cobb. He had a lot of trouble trying to get the, like, connect the Rainmaker. I don't think he actually managed to do one. Maybe he did hit the rotating one. But yeah, like, there were, like, there were, a lot of, a lot of like Cobb just like blocking, countering because just Cobb is way too strong. The only problem that Cobb has in his like, like his flaw right now is that at least for the last two feuds that we've seen, Cobb wants to beat you with your own move. He did it with the Kamigoye on Ibushi and now he's like desperate. He was desperate to hit a Rainmaker also on Okada, like he would he would switch between the Tour of the Islands and the Rainmaker because Okada, like, and that's what I'm saying, like where he's a better wrestler, Okada kept escaping the Tour of the Islands. And so Cobb started to go for his own uh, Rainmaker, you know, and that's where Okada is just smarter than Cobb, because Okada knows how to counter his own move, obviously. And so what he did is he countered. He got the roll up and he got the win. But that means that Okada wasn't able to beat Cobb to a one to 3 or to a submission like he does with everyone else with the Rainmaker. Like Okada had to rely on arguably a, tr- a trick in order to get the win. And, and so Okada wa- walks away with the W. He knows he's smarter. He knows he can get the better off Cobb. But... He knows that on any other night kov may just like win because he's that strong and okada cannot properly hit his, his, his signature moves so i really enjoy that there's going to be a rematch also at the MetLife shows um i thought that was like slightly too quick but there is a story there um and i don't know what they're gonna do like It's so back-to-back that I wouldn't be surprised if they want to have Kauf win, but then, I don't know, maybe they want to build Kauf for Chingo, but we're, like, on, like, we're on the eve of the G1 Climax soon, so I don't know if they want to, like, try and get Kauf versus Chingo one time before um, the G1. But if that is the case, maybe beating Okada is like the right thing to do. But yeah, I, I like this little rivalry that, that could be brewing here with Okada and Cobb. Like Cobb right now has had feuds with like Ibushi and now Okada, two top guys. He's even though he's losing the big matches, he's destroying them during the, the tours. And so I really like the what Cobb, how, how he's developing. And he's going into the G1 Climax, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets good, strong wins over certain strong competitors. Like, he could defeat a Ibushi, a Okada, a Tanahashi, a Naito in the G1 and just look strong. Next up, we have the Dangerous deckers Taichi, and Sakshaver Jr., defeat Los Ingobernables de Japón, Sanada, and Tetsuya Naito to reclaim the IWGP Tag Team Championship. This went 37 minutes, and it was 37 minutes of fantastic wrestling. Not a minute less, not a minute more. I thought this was just the perfect timing uh, because by the time the finish came, it was perfect. It was already a point where you saw the desperation and that the danger stickers were like, were, they were pretty much done. Like N- Naito and, and Sanada were just like way too strong. And so when Saver manages to get the European clutch on Naito and get the pin, it was just like perfect moment. Like we had already kind of like written down, written out uh, the danger stacker, especially because uh, L.I.J. just recently got the titles. But no, it was a fantastic, fantastic pain. The story of the match was uh, it was pretty much that Tsunada and Naito were just like way stronger than tai Chi and Saksaver. but tai Chi and Saksaver just kind of like kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting until they leveled the playing field. And once both guys, I mean, both teams were down, uh, it really just came to Saver managing to get a European clutch on Naito and keeping it down for the three count. So it's it's a win that I think uh, I, I think it, to a certain point this is close to like an upset win um, because of how the match played out but it it doesn't really make Saver or Taichi look weak or anything I think uh, like I think there's still positioned position under Sanada and Naito when it comes to just like overall greatness but it does kind of like keep them up there. Um because they are they they had the heart, they had real resiliency and all that stuff and eventually they won. uh so yeah, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. this this for guys the the original tag match that they had for the titles and then the two single matches and then this one were just all fantastic um it's just for guys that know how to work with each other really well and they know kind of how to bring their own thing out so i really really enjoy this match this like (laughs) the next match is fantastic (laughs) but uh, this actually could have been like my match of the night for sure uh easily but we went again the the, the, this match is going against the main event and that's the iwgp world heavyweight championship match where chingo takagi defeated the man how can i say like (laughs) the impromptu the last minute call Hiroshi Tanahashi um this was a fantastic match just like a beautiful combination of a Tanahashi match and a Shingo match these guys had for what it is for many people the match of the year in New Japan uh in their previous match earlier in the year and now they did it again I actually thought this was better than the the first match that they had like I think so because this time, like even though the dynamic is kind of similar, where you have Chingo the champion and Tanahashi, the challenger, um, I think this one Chingo just portrays like a different type of like more, uh, comfortable. He's more confident, and so I think that aid like that helped the match. well um, like the 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 impressive thing here is that Tanahashi had a. 37 minute match on this show. So th- this match with Chingo was 37 minutes. The the thing that you may not know or you may not uh, be that much aware of because these shows were not like particularly um, making a lot of noise. But Tanahashi the previous night was it was it was in the 24th. So like the previous night. In Nagoya he had a 24 minute match with Kenta that match was that match was booked a long time ago but it was like turned into a number one contenders match at the last pretty much second in order to give some sense into Tanahashi challenging Chingo for the title here and so Tanahashi's going back to back top main event matches um I think I thought the Kenta match wasn't that strong But it was still a good match. It had like interference, well, not interference, but like the Katsuyori Shibata like got involved in the match when Kenta was just like running wild and like uh, cheating. And so, man, that speaks a lot for Tanahashi. You know, like there's no doubt in the in the universe that Tanahashi is, I think, in my opinion, the best wrestler to ever lived (laughs) uh other people will say like oh you know like rick flair and el generico and negro casas but the truth is fucking hiroshi tanahashi is just it's just in another level like he's the guy that at this point most people kind of understand that he is on his way out i mean he's already kind of like on the way out of the main event but he's already like just starting to, you know, get older, like, uh, it's understandable here that he will be your Juji Nagata in a couple of years, but still when, when things need to go down because of emergencies or whatever situation, Tanahashi is always there to step in and give you a top level match of the year, contender match. And that is the beauty. Uh, as for the match, it, we just kind of saw like both guys kind of worked the leg in a way that was such like, a theme, a theme, uh, all night. Everyone worked the leg last night. Oh, not last night. Like during the show, uh, it was really interesting because, uh, like bullet club and, and mega coaches, they did the thing with El fantasma's leg. And then Rob Eagles and Desperado brother worked each other's leg. Okada and Cobb, they didn't really work the legs, I guess, but then, on. uh, L.I.J. worked Saver's leg and then Tanahashi worked Chingo's uh, leg and Takagi also kind of went for the leg sometimes. But Takagi's offense is more uh, in the upper body. His moves like the Made in Japan and the Last of the dragons, they all target the upper body. And so that's what he goes for. The, the, also a, a cool thing here. Uh, some people have said that uh, they saw a lot of Shibata stuff in Tanahashi. And I guess it, yeah, I mean I wouldn't necessarily say it's Shibata stuff. It's just like strong style. Uh, Tanahashi had to bring out some of the strong style uh, in order to fight Takagi because Takagi's style is strong style, and so there were a couple of of sequences where we saw Tanahashi do some some stuff. Uh, there was one particular spot. And then I think uh, a lot of people popped for the crowd, like audibly popped for. And that was when Tanahashi hit the Kamigoye uh, from his partner Ibushi and then hit a high fly flow. And at that point, I think a lot of people expected Tanahashi to win the title and just... Because I think this was Takagi's first defense. And I think... uh, there was still the sense that oh Takagi got the title because there was no one else. And so like he there like now that they had some time, probably Ghetto is uh, just going to put the title back on Tanahashi, who is uh, a secure and uh, champion. And so when we saw that spot, it was like, oh my god, I think that's it. I think Tanahashi just won. And nope, one two kick out, Chingo Takagi kicks out of a Kamigoji and a high fly flow at the same time and the crowd popped the crowd. Like, even though they're not, they're not supposed to like use their mouth to express their emotions. They could not hold it back. They popped. Um, that was probably like one of the spots of the night. Uh, but yeah, like Shingo Takagi the title after the match, he's uh, he puts over like so magically, like talk about a great guy. He puts over Ibushi who's not there. He puts over Tanahashi, who he just defeated, and and then uh, once that's done, Evil makes the challenge and then takes a bump for Evil. I honestly thought that the the idea of Evil being the next guy is perfectly okay for me. I mean, it's going to be the Met Life Show, and. I, I I trust, I believe in Shingo Takagi. I believe he has the capability and the, the power and everything, the, the smart and the intelligence, to put on a good show with Evil. Yes, there's going to be interference. We already know that. But the thing here is that I think Shingo can make that work, especially if... I mean, if Shingo's winning that match, then you have the the story of the babyface overcoming all of the heel shenanigans, just like Tanahashi did, just like Ibushi did. And those matches were some of Evil's better matches when he loses, even though he cheats a lot. So I, I think I, 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 have, I have expectations and, and hopes for that match to be good. Um, I mean, both guys are former LIJ partners in a way. So there may be something there, you know, um, I don't know. I have hopes for that match. It, even at the end, you, we, you know, you just know that Shingo is going to hit some hellish pumping bombers on evil and they're going to be fantastic. That's, I mean, that could be enough for you to feel like the match may be worth watching. But uh, yeah, it was a fantastic show overall. I thought um, just five matches that were fantastic. Like, yes, the ramble was there, but it's a pre-show. Like, you don't you don't necessarily not need to take it in account if we're talking about the, the the quality of the show. And even then, like that match did not bring the show down at all. <laughs> it wasn't that bad of a match that people are saying. But the rest of the card was indeed like top notch like bell to bell probably one of the best shows of the year just because there's like really like no bad things happening uh all of the matches are if not 3.5 close to four and above well maybe not four but like 3.5 i think uh, but yeah like just really good really good show and we are headed into the the met life shows uh, in a couple of weeks and they're already starting to take place uh we know that it's going to be hiromu versus eagles we know it's going to be evil versus takagi we know we're getting the dangerous techers versus lij versus chaos being goto and yoshihashi for the tag titles so that should be good and interesting because it's, it's a three way and we also have kabinokada and I think there was another match just recently announced. I think we're getting John versus Chase Owens, and may, maybe that's the other one that I, I'm thinking about. But uh, yeah, we're the the those shows are starting to take shape, and I think they're going to be good. I think, uh, like, I mean, a couple of rematches and stuff like that. But I think they're going to have the potential to be good. And so that was New Japan this week. A really good show. Totally recommend it. The other shows that I've been watching in Japan are the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling 8th Tokyo Princess Cup. I am down with day 1, 2 and 3. I am planning to watch day 4 today and just get up to date. Um, it, it was a, such a heavy weekend with New Japan and Tokyo Joshi running back to back shows. There's a Stardom show that I was planning to watch for today, but they only uploaded the Starlight Kid versus Tam Nakano match, and so I'm still waiting for for that full show to be uploaded to watch it. So I, if it's if it's big enough, I may review it next week. But next week is packed because on the thirty first we have the start of the the five star Grand Prix, and I am definitely watching that whole tournament. Uh, assuming it gets uploaded quickly enough, uh, but so for Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, this is a like single elimination tournament bracketing. Uh, we have a really big field, which means that all of the like all of the roster is involved. The only one who's not here is Yuka Sakazaki because she is in uh, AEW right now. But the whole field is there. Actually, uh, Saki-sama and Mei St. are not here either. Maybe because they're champions. And they didn't want to like include champions in the tournament. Well, I mean, Yamashita's here, but like they don't want to include them. But uh, it's a big field. And so that means that you're going to have your Yamashitas, your Mizukis, your Rikatatsumis in the tournament. But you're also going to have your Miyamoto's, your Rakus, your Neko's who are not necessarily that good. And so the first round uh the first uh, round shows tend to be kind of weak in that sense because you have to get through all of those uh Pom Harajuku matches. But I think uh, once we get through the those first matches the tournament does pick up. The the last show that I saw was for the 23rd and that match that show had a, no, it wasn't for the 24th and that show had actual, uh, a couple of sh- of matches where they're technically second round matches, but because there were a couple of people that got buys. And so we had a, a really, really good, like pair of matches in that show, uh, mainly, the one that like really sticks up for me was Mirai, Miaomi versus Mizuki. I love that match. But um, just a quick rundown of how we're doing the first night. Uh, there's a couple of uh, non-title, I mean, non-tournament matches going on. They're not really that eventful. Uh, but I mean, just for completion sense: uh, Hyper Misaori, Katatsumi, Shoko Nakajima defeated the Bakuretu sisters. And. Susume and Haruna Neko. So a four and three uh, handicap match, but they still lost. Uh, we had Hikarinoa, Noa, Miu Watanabe, Mizuki and Yuki Arai defeat Kaya Toribami, Makito, Marika Kobashi, and Yuki Kamifuku. Like I said, like all undercut stuff, uh, of these undercut matches, I've been really, really enjoying everything that Marika Kobashi does. I think she is money. She is fantastic. She's a great wrestler. She just happens to be uh, I think she's right right now seen as a rookie because she just recently debuted, it. but I think they're also like starting to notice that she's really good and she's starting to get more wins, she's starting to get like bigger matches. So good for her. But like day one Princess Cup matches, Mahiro Kiryu defeated Arisuendo. Expect Expected uh, Raku defeated Moka Miyamoto, expected, uh, Mirai Mayumi defeated Pom Harajuku and Miyu Yamashita defeated Naokakuta. So for those four matches, three of them are with like, I mean, I, want, I don't want to call them curtain jerkers, but they're pretty much like, you know, your second, first match of the night type of, uh, wrestlers like Miyamoto, Endo, and Harajuku. And so, Really, the only match that was kind of like good in this uh, show was Yamashita versus Kakuta. Actually, enjoyed that match a lot. Uh, so, yeah, it was a. I mean, they're okay shows. Like like I said, you would need to get through the first round. <laughs> On the second night, the non tournament matches were Hyper Misao, now Kakuta, Choko Nakajima defeat Mahiro Kiryu, Mirai Mayumi, and Moka Miyamoto. Haruna Neko defeated Mizuki and Pom Harajuku in a three way. I don't know how. Uh, Raku, Susume, and Yuki Kamifuku defeated the team of Maki Ito, Yamashita, and Arisu Endo. Um, So that was interesting uh, that Ito and Yamashita lost. I mean, understandably, Endo is there, so that's why. But uh, yeah. And so for the Tokyo Princess Cup matches for this show, for the second night, was Miyu Watanabe defeated Toriwami which, I mean, Toribami is, like, the newest rookie, so she was definitely going to lose. Yuki Aino defeated Yuki Arai, which was pretty okay. Arai is definitely improving quickly. I think I've been liking what she did. She she had a match on night three uh, that we'll talk about a little bit, but I really, really like her work there. Marika Kobashi defeated Ndoka Tenma. This was good. There was a little story here that these two ladies, like, know each other from really young age uh they both debuted together they've been like kind of training together and so they they've known each other forever so there was like that little story but that didn't really come into play into the match but uh this is a big win i mean i think for kobashi because the is like she's a tag team wrestler but she's pretty established in tokyo joshi and like the Bakuretsu sisters are definitely established and and so we had just seen Yuki Aino, for instance, uh, win her match like just uh, a couple of minutes before, and I think uh, maybe some people kind of expected that hey maybe the Bakuretsu sisters could meet down the road because they're they're not exactly in the same like. Uh, quarter of the tournament but they were on the same side so they could have like faced off in the semis it would have been really hard to argue having Aino or Tenma in the finals uh but you know it, things can happen but yeah uh so big win for Kobashi I I really enjoyed this match and the main event of the night was Jikatatsuma versus Hikarinoa. a really good match like this is a match like this, this could have main evented every other like lesser show. Uh, you have Noah, who is international champion. She's like really developing quickly uh, into her own self. She's kind of like she's kind of breaking away from the whole up up girls, like not breaking away from the team, but like definitely like from the idea that she's like the opening act uh, now that sina Shiori is out. And so she also kind of seems like more of herself. And then on the other side, you have Rikatatsumi, the white dragon, who is trying to just get back into a title contendership so she can get her title back. And let's hope she does. So really, yeah, really good match. That was definitely the match of the night. But I really enjoyed Kowashi versus Tenma a lot. Um, like, I just I just have a good pleasure from watching Kawashi wrestle. She is so sound. Like, you can tell that she wasn't trained in Tokyo Joshi because her wrestling let's like she has all her basics down and that is something that you see uh some wrestlers lacking especially like think of like pom harajuku for instance or Haru who like they're more idle gimmicky and kowashi's like a straight fucking wrestler so i love marika kobashi uh Day three of the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling 8th Tokyo Princess Cup. <laughs> uh, the non-tournament matches were the Up Up Girls, Hikarinoa and Raku team up with Pom Harajuku and Suzume to defeat Toribami, Mahio Kiryu, Maki Ito, and Marika Kobashi. So Ito keeps losing. <laughs> Poor Ito. Uh Hyper Missal defeated Aisuendo and Naokakuta in a three-way. That was actually pretty decent. It was kind of fun. Uh there was a little story of Misao turning Endo into a superhero and then later on betraying her. <laughs> uh, Moka no no and Shoko Nakajima defeated Hakushumu, uh, otherwise known as Daydream, which is Miyu Watanabe and Rika Tatsumi teaming out with Juki Arai. And I want to make a pause for this match because this match was fucking amazing for a non-tournament match with just like four, I mean six, uh, pretty much random women this was so fucking amazing not only do you have choco nakajima and rika tatsumi which again that could be the main event of any show that 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 match could main event a wrestle princess uh choco nakajima versus rika tatsumi but then you have me watanabe there who is like one of my favorites and she's doing like power stuff against nakajima and tenma and miyamoto and then in the most probably surprising thing of them all Moka Miyamoto and Yukiarai, two of the youngest rookies in the promotion, if not for Toribami, they had a great, great, great pair-up towards the end. Uh, the match went 15 minutes, and so they actually also got a lot of time to work. But, like, Miyamoto and Arai, like, they're doing submissions. Like, y- Yuki Arai, at one point, had, like, a fantastic-looking sleeper on Miyamoto, like, for the near tees. Um the submission tease and then Miyamoto kind of came back and she submitted Yuki Arai. I I was so incredibly impressed by Miyamoto and Arai in this match. And that was like after watching Tatsumi and, and Nakajima go at it like for also like five or maybe seven minutes. This match was so fucking good. And it had no reason to be because it's not even part of the tournament. It's just your filler match, but it was so, so fucking good. And then we go into the actual tournament. So at this point, like, uh, Yuki Aino uh, defeated Haruna Haruna Neko. And this was because uh, Neko had a bye, I think. I think it was, yeah, Neko had a bye on the first round. And so that's why Yuki Aino is wrestling already her second match. That match wasn't anything really special. Haruna Neko, like, it was probably one of the better Haruna Neko matches that I've seen. But it's still Neko. She does her stick, uh, which is okay for her. But, I mean, she's at that level for a reason. But the the next match, that was fantastic. Mizuki defeated Mirai Mayumi in a fantastic 13-minute match. Just, like, two really contrasting styles and, like, sizes and everything. But it actually made both women looked really strong. Misuki in just overcoming the power of Mirai and Mirai overcoming the speed and the experience of Mizuki. Um, we, there, there was like a bunch of, I'm, I'm trying to think of like what match could I like pin it together? And it's hard to say, but maybe like imagine a, a Shingo Takagi versus Osprey, Like not as good, obviously, but just like the idea of, a powerhouse versus a speed demon high flyer. And they're also doing a lot of submissions because that's the way to keep each other grounded from like, I mean, Mirai from using close eyes and Mizuki from flying. And so it was just a great, great little match. Um, Not my match of the night. I I still go with the, the, the six person match, but this was pretty good. Uh, This is a match that I actually watched twice because when I watched it the first time, I was like, holy shit, this was really good. But like, I kind of couldn't believe myself. And so I just rewound it. I mean, it's 12 minutes. It doesn't matter. And uh, yeah, I confirmed it was a really good match. And the main event of the night, uh, which I thought was actually kind of underwhelming, was New Yamashita defeating Yuki Kamifuku in about 12 minutes too. I, I don't know. I just thought that Yamashita didn't give much to Kamifuku like she just ran over her like a freight train uh, most of the match was coming fuku selling and then she had like a couple of hope spots just getting some kicks in but like r- really like it was just jamash to show like this match i i understand that both of them are pretty popular and one of them is a champion but i would have like main event there with misuki and mirai if I, if it was me but uh i don't know like it was an okay match you know it was still like maybe the third best match of the night. It's okay. Like I said, it's still the first rounds. Uh I just felt that Jamash and Kamifuku had potential to have a pretty good match. And now that I've seen this, I I really wouldn't want to see it as a title match. Um so I don't know. Maybe if they they do a different match, but like what they gave us here I wasn't impressed. And, yeah, those are the three shows that I've done. The The show that I'm watching today is... Uh, we have Hyper Missile versus Rikata Tumi, which should be amazing. Nakajima versus Kobashi, uh, which should be fucking amazing. Makito versus Raku, which should be... Uh, well, it should be what it will be, you know? It's a Raku match. And Mahiro Kiryu versus Susume. Who, that should be cool. They're a bit of a tag team sometimes. Um, I mean, they're mostly like... Uh, second match type of wrestlers, but I think they could, they, they both have like what it takes to have a good match. But yeah, like those two main events, I'm so looking forward to them. And yeah, that was, uh, that's it for Japan this week. Um, the only other thing that I did want to talk about this week is a little show that I don't actually watch a lot of. We don't really talk about this promotion that much, but I think it's a a show that's worth talking about right now because it it is a promotion that since they came back, everything they do, they do it right. They're a really, really good promotion. They just don't have as many eyes. And it is a promotion that is really accessible to watch. It's on YouTube. It's on Vice. And I'm talking about MLW. I think uh, MLW is a promotion that where... uh, I don't know. Everything they do is good. It just doesn't have the the amount of eyes that they should. But everything that I watch from them, I I always enjoy. And the reason that I want to watch... I want to cover the show is because I thought that this show was a good starting point for anyone who wants to get into the promotion... Uh, it happens often that you want to get into promotion and you know, there's like the previous episodes online. And so you're like, well, how far back should I go to watch and understand? Well, the reason why I want to like cover this show is because I don't think you need to go back to watch anything. You can use this as your starting point And you're, I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, obviously you can go back to read some of the stuff in case you want to know why Darío Cueto is now in MLW as under Cesar Duran but you know little things like that you can just read up or or watch some YouTube videos you don't have to like go back and watch months and months of a promotion so the show that I'm talking about is Battle Riot 3 this is their big Aztec warfare type of match it's a one match show uh but this also this match also played as kind of like the season uh premiere of MLW coming back from their little hiatus uh they kind of like been doing the season stuff and like the previous season kind of ended with the reveal that Darío Cueto aka like also known as uh Cesar Duran now is the new pretty much matchmaker of of MLW after Kurt Bauer and him who, who he represents uh Azteca Underground, I think it's called his his promotion, and so they kind of came to an agreement that he's going to be the matchmaker, and which is fantastic, obviously in my opinion. I I hope the MLW put some money into making things look like way more grungier to give it like a little bit of underground, Lucha Underground feeling, but uh, we'll see how it goes, and I hope they do. uh they put some money also into doing backstage stuff like lucha on the ground like some production but anyway the match is a 40 minute a 40 minute a 40 man uh pretty much battle royal like a royal rumble uh entrance come every minute and eliminations are over the top rope pins or submissions all weapons are illegal if you want to bring them to them uh there's really no dqs uh, eliminations on over the top rope have to be with both feet touching the ground. So your usual Royal Rumble stuff. So you can do the the Kofi Kingston shtick. And well, let's just quickly run down the the what happened. So Alexander Hammerstone is the winner of the whole thing. He needed like capital N, capital E E D S needed to win. Uh, I, I did oh, yeah. You, you know what I did. He, he he needs to win this match in order to challenge Jacob Fatu for the the MLW title. Uh, that is the only way he can get a title uh, shot. And so that's like the big storyline going down here. And so you have the whole Contra unit uh, versus Hammerstone in a way. But Hammerstone wins. He defeats. And then let me run down the, the list of uh, people, participants. Alex Kane from America's Top Team, Arami's from Mexico, Ades from Mexico, Budukau. Um, I actually don't know much about Budukau. Boududa- sorry. Um, I don't. He. I think he's like from the Pacific Islands. Uh, Calvin Tankman, who I think did his debut in this show. Dave Barry representing Contra. Davey Richards also coming back uh, to MLW officially signed. Edge Duca, who was a fantastic, he was someone that WWE released. MLW picked him up and he is fantastic. Like, he just looks the part uh, and he was like showcased as a monster here. Uh, He's going to be pretty big, I think, in, in MLW. Gino Medina, Gringo Loco, Ikuru Kwon, also from Contra. Jordan Oliver from Injustice, Joseph Samael from Contra, Casey Navarro, Kevin Koo. From Tim filthy Kim Chi, who was just there for like a spot. I don't even know who was under the mask, but Kim Chi was there. King Mo, also from America's top team. Uh King Muertes, the former Mill Mortis. Um, Kit Osborne, Kwang. Uh Kwang, I think it's it's like straight up Savio Vega <laughs> with his ninja uh, attire. Uh Tom Lawler and then Tom Lawler dressed as LA Park. <laughs> Lance Anoa'i, Lee Moriarty, Matt Kruger from Contra, uh, both Boneric's Marshall and uh, what's his name? Uh, Ross Boneric, Matt Cross returning to, to promotion after like 15 years, I think. Myron Reed from Injustice. Ribera, uh, also known as Danny Limelight from AW and New Japan Strong. He's going as Rivera and. He came in with his tag team partner, uh, new tag team partners, Slice Boogie. They're both represented by Conan and Julius Smokes. Uh, so I don't exactly know if they're going to be like LAX or not. Uh, I don't even know if they can use the name LAX, um, but they were kind of like a new version of LAX. Uh, who else? Uh, Sabio Bega, the Sentai Death Squad, uh, also representing Contra. Uh, Simon Gotch, representing Contra, the Beastman, who was just a huge guy, Beryl and Paro. Uh, he's pretty much like a caveman type of guy, the Blue Mini, TJP, and S- Senshi, and Siki Dice. So, I mean, I'm not going to go into details on the match, but like I do want to say I really enjoy how diverse both characters and styles uh the wrestlers have in this match like there's just all type of things we have you know your big guys your luchas your submission guys you have your strong style guys you have like your guys like you know like the bonerics who are just like pretty much sports entertainers we have some we have like some older guys like sabio bega and the blue mini but we also have like pretty young guys like lee Mori already and um i don't know who else is young <laughs> i think gino Medina is kind of young but, uh, yeah, like, it was, like, a really, really diverse group of wrestlers, and I think I really enjoyed that. I did think the match was a bit of a clusterfuck at, that, at one point because I don't think we saw an elimination until, like, past halfway. And so you had just way too many people inside the ring. Uh, so at, at one point, they did get really clusterfucky. Like, people would come in, and you didn't really see them do anything because there was just way too many people inside. Uh, but once things got down to... Contra versus Hammerstone and the Bonericks. I think it got pretty good. Um, the last year were Hammerstone and Kruger. Who Hammerstone had a little story that he had never been able to defeat Kruger, so that was pretty cool too. And yeah, like it was. I think it was a pretty good uh, show overall. Like it was just a one match, but it was really enjoyable. I like I said, I wanted to to cover this one because. I think people may be interested in getting into this promotion, but it's kind of hard to get into a promotion where it just comes off as having so much story behind, but I don't really think uh, you need to worry that much about getting into this show like right now. I think right now is a really good point Uh, because the only things you really kind of need to know is the the Hammerstone story and kind of go over how Darío Cueto got involved in mlw and i think that's pretty much it like you don't really need to to know the story of i don't know like tom lawler right now or the or la park I, I don't think you need to get into that stuff but uh yeah so i wanted to cover the show uh for that matter it this took place on on the 10th uh it was recorded on the 10th but it broadcasted like just on the 24th that's why we we're covering it just now uh, this took place on the 23 arena the ACW arena so it's also like kind of like a cool venue for shows like there was some pretty decent like there was some some good fan reactions so yeah uh that was battle riot number three for MLW and I think that's it for for reviews this week uh we I had talked about doing a a five star grand Prix preview but the truth is like I didn't realize how much wrestling was happening this specific week. Uh, there was like so many shows that took place that I didn't even get to like watch or even talk about. Like for instance, uh, off the top of my head, I, I didn't get to watch any Noah. There was a couple of Noah shows that I wanted to watch. I didn't get to watch the all Japan summer action with, uh, Ashino versus Lee. Uh, I did watch Shoko Pro number 137 with the big Chris Brooks versus Lulu pencil match. It was fantastic. It was emotional. Go watch it. Uh, I don't want to talk about it here, like, because we don't have that much time, but just go watch Shoko Pro 137. It was beautiful. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, like I said, like I didn't get to watch Noah up to emotion. I still haven't watched the, the 722 stardom, which I will plan to watch maybe tomorrow, but, uh, yeah, it was just packed. So because of that, I, I, I don't think i can fit in a full preview of a five star for today but uh just know that it's happening on the 31st and and we'll see how it goes uh but it is time i guess for the impact forecast impact wrestling for july the 29th we already have a couple of matches announced, but I think the main thing that's going to be happening uh, during this episode is the buildup of Homecoming, who is taking place on the 31st. And there's really nothing announced for that other than there is an intergender tournament uh, to crown the King and Queen of Impact. And there's also Morrissey versus Eddie Edwards announced. And I think it's just a street fight. I, I think it's a street fight, but for Impact this Thursday, On BTI, we have Steve Macklin versus Trey Miguel, which could be interesting because Macklin is still being built up as, uh, you know, he's a newcomer, so he's still being built up with an undefeated streak on on jobbers, but now he has Trey Miguel, who is a pretty well established, uh, you know, big name. On the show itself, we have Jay White and, and Chris Bay teaming up against the Good Brothers. That should be really interesting. We have the rematch of Moose versus Savin. We have Ace, Austin, Madman Fulton, Rohi Raju, and Mahabali Shiro versus Finjuice, uh, Falaba, and No Way Jose. And then we have Diener and Rhino versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Uh, by them by the sign versus Willie Mack and, and Rich Swan. Those are some of the matches that have been announced so far. Uh, like, but like I said, I think uh, there will be a lot of focus into building up Homecoming, uh, again, taking place this Saturday. And like for that tournament, there's already a couple of teams that have been announced. Uh, one of them is Tommy Dreamer and Jordan Rachel Ellering. Jordan Grace is teaming up with uh, Petey Williams, the whole uh, Scott Steiner gimmick thing. <laughs> Uh, I think we have Decay, it's going to be Rosemary and Crazy Steve I don't know if we're going to see Taurus and Havoc We may not Brian Myers has a mystery partner um, After Daniel Dashwood Kind of like broke up with him And Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green So I do think we're just going to see the full build up Of that show plus the four matches That we talked about right now and yeah, that was it. That's Impact for this week. And that is also it for WRPX this week. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and WRPXpodcast.com. If you want to listen to all the previous shows that we've done, we're, we're actually coming close into the year. We're not that far away. So it, it feels like a big deal. Um, also, you can find me on Twitter as DWRevolution. That's T H E W Revolution. And you can also go to TheWrestlingRevolution.com where you can find all the written versions of all the the shows that we talked about in this and every other episode of WRPX. And I think that's it. Um, Last but not least, also every Thursday and also this Saturday, I do the live coverage for Impact Wrestling on Figure 4W Online. That's the Wrestling Observer Figure 4W Online and now we are done i think that is it for this week and again thank you for being here share the the podcast and i'll see you later. adios well that's about it son of a gun we've enjoyed it looking forward to next week i guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it but we'll be right back again for Corey macklin dave brown lance russell saying bye-bye everybody